Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sam Hengeli. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with Team USA athlete and Kentucky Wildcats track and field alumna, Masai Russell. Masai, thank you so much for coming on this evening. We really appreciate the time. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We've had a handful of track and field athletes at the collegiate level that have come on. Some that have competed um, in the SEC, some that have competed in the Big 12. And we like to hopefully keep that tradition of, you know, track athletes continuing to come on our show. But I'd like to start this episode really by just you talking about your upcoming schedule and what it's going to be looking like. I know last month you qualified for the USA World Championship team in the 100-meter hurdles. You're going to be competing later in this month in August for that. Um, talk to us about your anticipation for that event. Yeah, I'm just super elated to be on the World Championship USA team, especially to be competing in the 100 hurdles. It's one of the most competitive events, if not the most competitive event there is to qualify in and in the world. Um, So to be a part of just the era of some of the fastest and greatest hurdlers in the world is just honestly amazing. I am pretty busy right now. I just got back from Memphis, Tennessee. I competed in my first pro meet. Over the weekend, I came second place. Um, It was a really good, like, tune-up before Worlds. Um, It was uh, my first race since I made the USA team, so I took about a month off of just competing and just decided to train. So I was glad to have that, you know, race underneath my belt leading up into the World Championship. So, yeah, I'm excited. I've just been training. Uh, Like I said, I'm just super, super happy because – Literally a year ago from like now I was watching world. So to now be a part in the one that's going to be getting watched from, you know, millions of people is going to be amazing. Yeah. For you, you know, what if, have you reached out to anybody, whether it's maybe teammates that are currently you're going to be competing with or just people that have competed in this event, you know, in, in previous years, have you reached out to somebody just to give you advice? I mean, I've competed on uh, not world championship teams, of course, but I've competed on junior teams where it's like a, it's still an international kind of a, it's still an international meet and you still compete with team USA. So I kind of like, I understand how everything goes. But I have, like, reached out to my friends about, like, you know, the type of clothes that we should wear because I am going to be there for, like, pretty almost two weeks. I'm there for 13 days. So I was just asking a few questions, like, do we need to wear USA gear the whole time? Do we bring regular clothes? Like, you know, little questions like that. But, I mean, I have a lot of friends that are pro that I've kind of seen it display in my eyes. Like, so there's not many too many questions that I have for them, but I'm just honestly going with the flow. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Absolutely. Um, how many events have you competed like internationally? I'm curious. So this is going to be my third international meet in 2017. I went to Peru in 2019. I went to Costa Rica. Those were both for the Pan American games. And then um, now I'm going to Budapest. I've never been to Europe before, but this is my first time competing on like the big dog stage. Like this is world championships. This is literally like a step below the Olympics. So I'm excited, especially to be going to, going to Europe. I've never been to Europe before. I've just been to like the Caribbean and to, you know, South America. So I'm excited. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, in your final NC outdoor championship of your career in June, you not only competed in the 100-meter hurdles, but also the 400-meter hurdles and the 4 by 100 relay. You know, talk to us about that championship and, you know, what it meant to you, you know, being your final one. Um, I try not to think about it being my last, like, collegiate meet. Um, but it definitely was an emotional meet just because, um, for one, it was my last meet as a Kentucky Wildcat, like, actually putting on the – the uniform alongside my teammates. And then I also had to like be locked in and focused enough to of course get the job done at hand. Like I couldn't just go out there and just, just too emotional to the point where I can't, you know, complete the job. Um, But there were, there were a lot of emotions. I was very happy with the way that I competed because I did have a lot of races. I competed in four races um, and they're all like very high level competition, but I don't even know how I did it. I was just looking back at my video uh, like two days ago and I was like, man, like if I could do it all over again, I would. But like in the beginning of the day, I was like, how am I going to get through this day? And then it's always like impossible until, you know, it's done. So definitely something I wish I could relive. Um, It's definitely going to be like one of those things when I go back to the meet, I'm going to be like, dang, like I remember when I was in college doing this, like, and now it's just like, it's over, you know, I'm elevated. I'm on to the next stage of my life. So, you know, it's growth, but it's always something that I'll hold dear to my heart. Now, kind of continuing the the theme of competing at the college level, you broke the world record for the 100 meters of the Texas Relays. Oh, it wasn't the world record. <laughs> it the, was the collegiate record. Collegiate record. Okay. You broke the yeah, world record. It's crazy. Not yet. Coming soon, though. Coming soon. But you did that in 12.36 seconds. And then... You also have the collegiate record in the 60 meter in January. Um, thank you for correcting me between, you know, the world and collegiate. Anyway, just talk to us about breaking those records and really the preparation you were able to put in to accomplish that. Yeah, I mean, it took a lot of hard work. Um, I think it started from last season, just really keeping my mind intact, you know, really paying attention to the things that I listen to, I take in the people I surround myself with. Um, Cause I think that that definitely played like a really big role into my success this year. 
but it just took a lot of hard work, a lot of patience, because no one would have ever expected for me to do, you know, the things that I've that I've accomplished or that I'm still accomplishing. Um, if they would have looked at me or the athlete that I was from last year. So um I would just give all thanks to my coach, um, my parents, um, my mindset, myself, my focus that I had and just a determination that I had and I knew that I could do within myself because it definitely was not easy. It definitely didn't come overnight, but I mean, it happened like this. I didn't do this on purpose. It's like, it was just in my cards, you know? Do you think you've had to change your mindset just and just approach throughout different parts of your college career? For sure. For sure. I mean, like every year I feel like my mindset kind of changed. Um, like my freshman year, I just wanted to make it to like the finals at SECs, like the finals or just make it to nationals. And then like every year, I just felt like I just elevated the goals that I had for myself just because like every year there should be some type of growth. And if you're not growing, then you're not doing something right. So I just know to give myself, you know, a challenge each year to try to accomplish and I think I did, I, I pretty much hit most of the goals. I didn't hit every single one, of course, but even if I didn't hit the goal, um, I came close. So as a lot of our listeners probably, are, you know, once once it comes out, they'd be interested to know about this. You know, there's so many events that you, that any track and field athlete has the opportunity to, to compete at. Really, what was kind of the journey and path to you really deciding to compete at the collegiate level or, you know, even when the high school level in the hurdles, um, you know, what's the story behind that? Yeah. So when I first started, I was not a hurdler. Like hurdles are actually fairly new to me. Um, When I came into high school, I was just like a 400 runner, 200, you know, the hundred uh, occasionally. But then I just see my friends do hurdles and I like ask my coach if I could try it. So to say, I mean, like, honestly, to say the least, like I just kind of jumped in and then I just ended up being good. But the first hurdle event that I started doing was the 400 hurdles. So I wasn't even a hundred hurdler until my senior year of high school. So the hundred hurdles is really, really new to me. And that's why, like, it took me a really long time to get my technique down packed because for the 400 hurdles, you don't have to have as good as technique as someone that does the 100 hurdles because it's a much more technical, like the 100 hurdles is much more technical. And um, when I came into college and told my coach, I was like, I've only done the 100 hurdles four times. And I was actually like pretty, pretty solid, but just, just because I was like athletic and I think I just was not scared to, you know, take on the task. He said, you've only competed in it how many times? I said four times and he said, you're going to be good. <laughs> and from then it was just like consistent learning, like every year just learning. But for, for one point I was like, I just want to quit the hundred hurdles and focus on the 400 hurdles because like it is so technical. And I was just like not running fast times. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stick to the 400 hurdles. Like forget the hundred hurdles, but then this year, I will, yeah, yeah, this year, wow. I keep thinking, I keep, like, colleges, it just was like a blur. Like, certain years, it just all mashing together. But this year, the 100 hurdles definitely, you know, stood out more than the 400 hurdles because throughout my whole college career, I've done both hurdles. And I never could decide which one I was going to, you know, pick or which one was going to be my specialty. 
But the 100 hurdles definitely uh, poked his head out a little more than the 400 hurdles. And I'm kind of glad about that because uh, it doesn't hurt as bad as the 400 hurdles. So, yeah, that's 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 the story. Yeah, you mentioned the technicality, you know, the big differences between the two. What's maybe a mistake that you, either you've made, like when you first started to compete in the hurdles, or just a mistake that maybe other athletes have just fallen into? Yeah, with hurdles, I think that a lot of times, like, you could just be a little hesitant towards the hurdle, you know, like you are running full speed into a barrier. So I think, like, once you overcome that, that'll, like, alleviate a lot of stress and then you'll just be able to just kind of go out there and just run carefree and then like just people not being able to get like down like off the hurdle it's kind of hard to explain but I know like if you see some of the best hurdlers in the world they just like look like they're not even hurdling it just looks like they're running through they're just like it's just like a consistent movement with jump like with like running through a barrier Whereas, like, you see some of the younger kids do it, they kind of, like, hop over it and then, like, run, hop, and then run, hop, and then run. So, but once you master, like, the technical piece, you know, being able to get down, run, get off that trail leg, get off that lead leg, and just be able to just flow, I think that that's where, you know, a lot of success will come because that's that's what took me a long time to get. Um, I think the only reason why I was, like, pretty successful for the most part was because I just had foot speed. Um, but I was so high over the hurdles and that's why I would get beat. So once I started to learn how to actually get down on the ground and run and hurdle, that's when like it all just really started to come together. Mm -hmm. Your hometown is Potomac, Maryland, which is far from Kentucky, from Lexington, Kentucky. You know, what was your recruitment process like at the time of being a high school athlete and you know, what ultimately was, like, the big reasons why you chose Kentucky? Yeah, so to start off, I don't know. I, I think it just says that I'm from Potomac because, like, that's where I went to high school. I'm actually from PG County, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. So it's, like, an hour away from school. So starting out, like, I used to travel an hour to go to school, like, every day just because of the opportunity, the area, the track team, the education that they provided there. So um, leading into my recruitment process, I think that like, you know, going to Bullets definitely played a huge role into my success that I've had just because of everything that they provided at school. Um, but once I figured out the five schools that I wanted to visit, um, Kentucky wasn't even one of the five, surprisingly. It was uh, Texas A&M, Tennessee, University of Georgia, University of Florida, and University of Miami. And I ended up choosing Tennessee and then the coach who ended up going to Kentucky. I followed him to Kentucky. So I didn't even take a visit to Kentucky. I wasn't super excited to go to Tennessee. I was just kind of going for the coach. So I was just like, oh, I'm just here for the coach. Like I wasn't super excited. So when the coach ended up leaving, I didn't care where he was going. I was just like, I'm following him wherever he goes. And I ended up coming to Kentucky and it ended up being literally the best school out of all five visits that I took. I got that family feeling that they say um, you're supposed to feel when you go on a college visit. Um, the team was great. The dorms were nice. Like they literally have full size Tempur-Pedic beds in the dorms at Kentucky. Like 
where do they do that at? Exactly. Nowhere but Kentucky. So clearly I love it here. I've been here since 2018 and I'm still here. Um, so yeah, my recruitment process was crazy because I had to get like released from Tennessee. Like I had to wait for the head coach to release me. And then I ended up getting released and I had to, uh, like sign my papers to Kentucky where school started like two weeks from when I was like enrolling in school and everything. So like a lot of the classes were pre-filled and it was just a really last minute process. But I mean, it was great because like I said, I feel like it just was literally a gift from God because I don't think I would have been as happy as I ended up being like if I would have went somewhere else other than Kentucky. So yeah, a lot, but we're here now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I got really one of the final questions I got for you is, you know, how do you think competing for Kentucky throughout your entire college career just has kind of molded you just as a college athlete and you know, now that you're kind of moving on as a your your future as a world athlete. Yeah, um, I think that the coaching, the structure, just the way that like they handle us as a program, it just like really, really like teaches us how to be like a professional athlete without even having to sign a professional paper document. And I say that because like our coach, they 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 really hold us accountable. They um, allow us to do, you know, things on our own so that we can kind of just get pushed out, you know, to stand on our own two feet. And um, I don't know. I just I just think it's a great program. I mean, you learn a lot. Like if you ask questions, you'll get the answers that you, you know, you may be looking for. And um, I think that I've always just been like kind of a responsible like person and athlete as well, just because like. Like I said, going to high school, driving an hour away. So when I came into college, I didn't really have that big of a shocker or an adjustment because it was kind of already like what I knew to do. And I mean, just from the way my parents raised me, I think I just had that, that really good foundation. So now that I'm entering the professional space, it's just like it's just growth. Like I said before, it's just like building on to building on to the next step of like where you were from. So coming from. So, yeah, I mean, Kentucky did a great job. I appreciate them. And then like just the meets that we run in very competitive meets, like, and then being in the SEC is literally the most competitive conference. So now like when I go to meets and I'm lining up against like the best hurdlers in the world, which, you know, I'm a part of that as well. Um, it's not like anything I'm not used to. It's just, okay. All right. Let's go compete. It's not like I'm scared. Like I don't know what's going on. It's just you know we're here. Uh, being at Kentucky, you competed at the same school Sydney McLaughlin competed at. Have you had any contact with her? And what's it like being a hurdler and sprinter at Kentucky? Yeah. So when Sydney came to Kentucky, I was I'm a year younger than her, so like we weren't ever on the same team. I mean, we talked occasionally. Like she told me about. She sent me pictures of the dorms and um, just was like 
honestly giving me insight about Kentucky as I was transitioning into college. And then like, she's come to my house, like back in Maryland a few times, like with her friend who's from Maryland. So, I mean, we, we have a pretty cordial relationship. I'm not going to sit here and say that we're best friends, but like a very respectable athlete, very amazing athlete, mm-hmm. and definitely a great person. Um, but being a hurdler at Kentucky, it definitely like holds weight. So I knew like coming in, I didn't really put those like expectations on myself, but I think that they just kind of fell into my lap because like I do work so hard and I just feel like it's the cards that I was dealt. So to honestly live up to the great name that Kentucky has behind like hurdlers and to be considered one of the best hurdlers that has well, the best college hurdler and yeah, one of the best hurdlers. <laughs> that Kentucky and the, the NCAA has ever seen. It's um it's honestly a blessing. And I'm glad that, you know, Kentucky can keep saying hurdle you because we just every year we just keep having so many people that do great things in the hurdles and on the sprint side. So you graduated with a uh, degree in sports management. What do you hope to do with that, that degree? So I got my degree in sports communication. Um and a minor in health promotion. So with those degrees, for now, I mean, I'm going to focus on my professional track career. Um, But I feel like once I'm kind of done with that, I'm just going to use it to honestly get into like media broadcasting. I do YouTube. Um, I do um a little bit of everything. I just like to talk and be in front of the camera. So if anything in that space kind of calls my name, that's probably what I'll do. But I mean, I just want to be like an entrepreneur, like outside of the track, like have my own camps and open up my own gym, my own facility, my own track meets, things like that. So I don't know where I'm going to someday take or use my degree. But up until this point, I'm just running professional and uh, focusing on my social media influencing. Yeah, awesome. Uh, maybe one day be a uh, play-by-play analysis for a NBC and track and field. For right. Someday. That'd be. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. So I, so you got to compete in the SEC, which is the premier conference in all of college sports. Uh, talk about the competition, obviously, in the SEC, and uh, how fun is it competing in that conference? Yeah, the competition is top tier A1, like, it's the best of the best. It's literally nationals before nationals. I mean, anytime I go to SECs, I know I got to be on my P's and Q's, or anytime I went to SECs, you know, it's going to be a fast, fast, fast beat. So you just got to come in there with a very strong mindset, you know, just feeling like you belong. Um, That's another reason why I loved to be a part of the SEC is because of the name and the weight that it holds. And, you know, a lot of people don't go to the SEC just to just to play around so to be one of the main competitors and to actually win SECs that was like super super big for me um but it's a blessing just being able to compete against you know some great talent and the meet is amazing it's run so well they just do a really good job and like I said to be to be competing and to be one of the best in the conference it just shows like where you line up amongst the world like SEC times are world-class times. So if you're doing good at SECs, like, you know you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, what are some training routines that you do that would be good for any track event, like a uh, 
sprinter can do it, a hurdler can do it, and a distance runner can do it. Okay, I'm not going to say anything for the distance side because <laughs> I don't want to say anything that I don't that I don't have any knowledge on. Um, I used to do distance like when I was a kid, like in middle school. But uh, sprints and hurdles, I could definitely help help somebody out. I mean, my workout routine that I would give to anyone, it's kind of hard because, like, you know, we train every day. and We do different workouts every single day. Um, but if I was talking to a sprinter, I would just tell them to to honestly do a lot of plyometrics. Same with a hurdle. Like, sprints and hurdles is pretty similar. So I would tell them to do a lot of, like, plyometrics, like box jumps and jump rope and just, like, being able to have that springy, springy body to just help you to be able to apply the force to the ground and just be able to balance off the track. And then just honestly, to get stronger, I would suggest hiring like a personal trainer because I don't have any knowledge on like making my own weight plan. Like I said, I mean, I have no, I don't, I've never rolled up a plan in my life. I just listen to what my coach tells me to do and I just kind of do it. But I know that the things that have worked for me is getting stronger, getting more bouncy and getting faster. And when you get stronger, you get fast because you're able to apply more force into the into the ground. It's all science. So the stronger you get, you know, not like huge, not like weight room, like bulky, but, you know, track stronger. Um, I think that you you could you can definitely benefit from getting in the weight room if you're like the right age to help you with your performance on the track. You know, I know you mentioned that uh, you didn't want to know any knowledge about distance running, but plyometrics, that's a really good thing for distance runners to do. So, Oh, see, I didn't know that. So there you go. I was today like, years old. <laughs> yeah. So uh, during your uh, college career and now your uh, world career, uh, what are some of your favorite venues you competed at? Um, my favorite venue has to be Clemson. Uh, it's an indoor track that they have. It's like a nice, like orange track and it's very fast. It's a great meet. And I've literally PR there every single time I run there. So I honestly have to say Clemson. And then I also liked running at LSU in Texas A&M. Those, they have really, really nice outdoor facilities. Like I like the track that like, of course, has like a 400 meter. And then like they have the lanes down the middle of the track. So it's really cool. And it's a really cool scenery. And I love the hot weather that they have there because Kentucky's weather is a little bipolar at times. Just like Kansas, this weather. What was it like competing at Hayward? Oh, I forgot about Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. It's just so far. It's just like I forget about it sometimes. But Hayward is amazing. Like it's a, it's literally, they everyone who's been in Europe they say it's like a European stadium because like they have like the big wraparound, mm -hmm. and it really doesn't feel like you're in the United States. It just feels like you're somewhere else. And the track is amazing. The energy is amazing. Everyone in the town just understands and knows track. They just respect track, and it's literally called Track Town USA. So, um, I love competing at Hayward. It is a hassle getting out there. It's not the funnest part that, you know, it's not the best thing to do. But it is a great time when once you step on that track, it's just like the energy in there. It's just, it's unreal. Yeah, I worked the Nike Outdoor Nationals the last three years there, and it's incredible just going in there every time. Yeah, everything about it, from even like the athletes' faces, like in the stadium, like 
the track that's surrounding the outside, like where the concession stands are, like everything about it, the warm up track, like it's just amazing. Like to to go out there, if I went to Oregon, I would be like, wow, this is a blessing because this is mm-hmm. this just does not like it's not like no other. It's literally a college campus that looks like a European stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is your favorite running shoe of all time, like training in? Um, probably the Nike structures. Those have been the shoes that like I've competed. I mean, I've trained in for a very long time since my freshman year. And then honestly, any Nike spikes, I wear the Nike spikes that come out every year. So Nike, I like Nike spikes. They fit to my foot. They're really bouncy. They've never given me any problems. So I really like the Nike spikes. So it doesn't even really matter. Yeah. Have have you ever worn a worn a new Pegasus? See, they like at Kentucky they do give them to us, but like I had shin problems when I first came. So I've always worn the structures and I would see everyone else with the Pegasus. I'm like, why can't I get those? My shins don't even hurt anymore. So I never told like our shoe guy to to stop giving me the structures. But the Pegasus, they're really, really nice. Yeah, I run in uh, Pegasus, and it's uh, I I I really like them. Yeah. So, uh, my last question for you is: Any advice to those chasing a dream? Um, my advice to be would be sorry to never give up. You know, on your dreams. I mean, that sounds super cliche, but just to always know that if you put your mind to something, that you can truly do it. If you truly, truly, truly believe it, um. Uh, there's a lot of people who probably will tell you that you can't, but the right people that are surrounding you will tell you that you can. As long as you work hard and you believe in yourself, I feel like there's nothing that you can't achieve because who says you can't? It's always impossible until it's done. So never give up on yourself and always be your biggest supporter. Love that. Yeah, Masai, you've mentioned, yeah, you mentioned earlier that social media influence is something that you're really trying to continue your brand in. What are um, some social media accounts that you have that our listeners can follow you on? Yeah. So they can follow me on Instagram at Masai, M-A-S-A-I underscore Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L. It should honestly come up after you type in Masai because it's not many Masai's out here. And then it's the same thing on TikTok without the underscore. And then on Twitter or X, they call it now. Uh, it's called, it's um Masai underscore Russell as well. So I'm very active on all platforms. And then also on YouTube, if you just look up Masai Russell, it'll come up. So just check me out, throw the follow and support me because I have some really cool content, I would say. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah, we have, you know, Instagram and Twitter as well. So wh- whenever we post our episode, um, we'll definitely be sure to tag you. Nice. Thank you. Uh, best of luck to you and uh, at Worlds, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, we really appreciate the time. We thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Have a good night.
For those who are listening to our show for the first time, all our past and future episodes are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Sports Mecca.